we've been doing this for eight months on the own, on our balance of King Podcast, and like, I'm pretty good at dancing around what I can't dance Alright, uh, bring us in five, four, three. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Cali Brick Click, episode number 36. And before we get into introductions, like always, remember you can find this podcast not only on YouTube, but anywhere you can find podcasts at Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, yada, yada, yada. And like always, we have Ninja with the Bricks. Yay, yay. Wow. That was Claire. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> we needed to reset that one. And for our guest today, we have Papa Bear. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I was going to say the USMC part because <laughs> I was reading it. But I was like, oh, that <laughs> Before we get into kind of like your regular banter, hey, can you, Papa Bear, can you tell us who you are? Yeah. So um, I'm Papa Bear, and we met through a couple different uh, Lego online communities. I am uh, an active duty. Marine Chief Warrant Officer right now, and I have uh, another podcast I do with a friend of mine, and you were on that once. Uh, we talked about work, right? I remember I thought I thought that was a perfect way. <laughs> you were like, "Oh, great, we can talk about work." <laughs> uh, but uh, over there, we talk a lot about um, politics, government structures, like history concepts, um, a lot about basically social contracts and our responsibilities to each other as people and citizens. Um, so this is a shirt available over at our Teespring store. It says infrastructure is sexy, right? Uh, <laughs> stuff that is there and is necessary and people don't think about a lot of times, but you you really I think about like, the things we need with that. I love it. Like, yeah. as like an architect, I love. I think it's awesome. Like, yep. Yeah, that's amazing. And the picture of it, if you can't kind of tell because it's kind of dark, so it's like beautiful sunset with like huge power lines running along the picture in front of it too. So it's like, you get the beauty of the sunset automatically. Right. But thinking about what that huge power infrastructure supports and provides is kind of something we don't think about. People would look at that and think that it's a messed up looking thing, but it's actually really amazing. So. Yeah. I definitely recommend the podcast. If you want to dive into something pretty deep, because they have some pretty interesting topics. That's for sure. I've listened to a few of them. What was the name of the podcast? It's called Balanced Exchange because the idea is that every other week uh, we each take a topic and are kind of working it as if one of us is kind of teaching the other one about that subject. Uh, the other person is kind of less deep known to it. Uh, it doesn't. We don't always follow that rule. A lot of times we're both just kind of bantering and talking about it. But the basic concept is that one of us is kind of trying to help the other one understand something a little bit better. So uh, it's, it's an opportunity for us to exchange information. Uh, and we go every other week, so it's bounced. And there you uh, go. You, what's your educational background? I think it's relevant. Me? Oh, so um, so I've been in the Marine Corps for 21 years. So, I mean, there's that. That's an education. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in political science. I have a master's degree in organizational management and organizational change leadership. Um, and I have a master's certificate in organizational leadership. So, Oh, all right. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the final piece is that there are going to be some things that um, I can't say anyways, no matter whether I have an opinion or don't have an opinion on it. So there are some things I'm just not uh, allowed to say, but also anything I do say is my own personal opinion. It's not necessarily uh, the position of anyone else in the Marine Corps, and it's definitely not the position of the Marine Corps. I'm not a public affairs officer or anything like that, so I, I can't I can't say things and have them be on behalf of the Marine Corps. Um, and uh, unlike most of the topics we talk about, which are so obscure and so like non-military uh, specific, tonight's topic probably will be on the nose a little. So uh, I'm sure the Marine Corps does have a position and does have a uh, uh, you know things to say about it. But whatever I'm saying has nothing to do with those things. Roger that. Can you can you uh, let us know what you did today though in the pool? Yeah, sure. So at lunch, uh, we did our lunchtime workout today. And today's workout was a pool routine. So we did. Uh, 1300 meter laps between each hundred meter lap. Uh, we got out of the pool sort of. So the first exercise was to do 13 gutter ups. So it's like being down in the pool and you pull yourself all the way up and then all the way out. like you're going to get out of the pool and then you just go right back in. So you have to do 13 of those. Once you finish 13 gutter ups, you get out, go ahead and get all the way out of the pool, do 13 air squats and then do uh, 13 crunches and then swim your next hundred. And you just do that. 13 times that gets you to 1300 meters. And then we did that all those exercises 13 times uh, in honor of those that fell in Afghanistan. I just want to let you know, I thank you for inviting me to that. 
Um, I probably would have fallen out immediately jumping into that pool because it's been a very long time <laughs> since I've. You would have been fine. So I did it in Cammy's. I did it in Cammy's. And Enrique did it in Cammy's. So you would have been fine as long as you were in swim gear. Wait, know, you guys that. weren't even in swim gear. Mm-hmm. Oh no, we don't How have. Much, swim I was in full camouflage utility uniform. How much weight is that then? When it's wet, it's pretty heavy. <laughs> Sucks. I and it causes drag, and it's really hard to swim in it. I was like, I was just thinking, I was like, I think I could have done that when I was like in better shape. Like, it sounds awful. But I think I could have done that. And then like, and then you said I wasn't in swim gear. And I was like, no way. Ever, 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 ever. Well, yeah. Like, like in, in, in a combat scenario or in a ship, you're not naked. Well, you, yeah, you can't be, like, you can be like, right. you know, <laughs> we jump off this boat. Right. And one of our key pieces of our like water safety training stuff is you jump, you jump into the water with mm-hmm. everything on weapons pack, right. helmet, Kevlar, everything, and you start sinking and you have to strip off all your gear and come back up and still swim in your camis, but at least you don't have all that extra weight on. So I'm just saying I would have drowned today and then there wouldn't be an episode <laughs> of Cali Brick Click for this week. Nah. Nah, I'm, I'm on my way towards being a swim instructor and the other two who are with me are swim instructors. You've been fine. <laughs> uh, I didn't I didn't qual that high in swim qual. Yeah. Just letting you know. <laughs> So when you were in, it was the same as when I was doing first quals and I was WSQ. Yeah, so it's not like I got inner expert or whatever. It's not like that. I was. I yeah, was now, it's, like, now it's different. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't grow up in pools, um, but <laughs> I, I did fairly well. I just couldn't go to the top tier. Anyways, beside the point, <laughs> how was everyone else's past week? Um, um, I went to Equinox. For like <laughs> and lifted some weights. I actually I didn't you know. I'll, I'll work it out. I, I didn't run at all. <laughs> In fact, I drank more than I than I did. My calorie intake this past week is increasing heavily. I'm eating the Whole Foods um, equivalent of Cheetos right now. Nice. Oh no! Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> no, um, the week has been super fun. I'm still doing the Twitch thing. I'm building. Oh yeah, how's that? It's so fun. Um, if you've ever, I, I, I logged into one of those. By the way, I, fa- oh, I figured did? out my password. Yeah, and nice. I'm, I was on one of them. I wasn't paying attention, but I was on That's it. Okay. <laughs> it's really fun. It's like really casual. I'm enjoying it because I'm. I can do some non-Lego content. Yeah, like consistent fun. Claire over on Twitch. Yeah, yep. yeah. Nice. I, 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 today was the first day in like a couple weeks that I didn't stream. Maybe I'll stream after this tonight. Who knows? Yeah. But. Um, no, it's been really fun. So yeah, no, all good. Nothing exciting over here on my end. I mean, you you are building that uh, set that Lego released today, or re-released. You mean the set that I um? They, didn't they leak it? It's not. Well, yeah, then they announced it right afterwards. Oh, they announced. Okay, they announced it. Yeah, they didn't leak it. Uh, Japan Amazon accidentally put it on their site, and then yeah. well, then everyone leaked it, and then I guess Lego. I don't know if it was planned to be announced today. But announced it today, and now Claire is looking at her set that now is uh, being re-released out mm-hmm. into the world, which I'm happy about because I never got it. Um, so it looks like exactly the same. Exactly the same. I w- if I knew that this was coming out, I wouldn't have bought it. But this kind of brings up an interesting concept that like I'm I've been debating with like a while. I was kind of thinking about going into some Lego investing a little bit because I find it intriguing. But um, I think it takes away from the hobby for me. I'm not able to separate it. And I'm kind of pulling the plug now on that because what I did was when the sailboat was like first announced, I misread the thing and I thought it said it's only available for like these three days. And that was for VIPs. And then um, it wouldn't be available. You know, I thought it wasn't going to be available outside of those three days. And then the threshold was so high and it's so cool. So I was like, okay, this is really cool. I'm going to get a bunch of them. They're probably going to go for 50 or 60 at some point. It'll be a great, like knock off the thing. And I bought sets that I was planning on getting. It's not like I bought sets that I wasn't going to get, but I definitely got them a little bit earlier. And I had just come off of spending a ton of money at brick fair. So, um, cause it was literally the, the same within the same days, you know, the same week. And I, I don't regret doing that, but the sailboat's still available is my point. If you go on, on Lego and you can, you spend over $200, you can still get it. So I made a bad call 
And it got me annoyed with Lego, even though I read the information. It's totally my fault. And it was my decision to do that. But I changed the hobby into an investment. Yeah. And it's it was not fun for me. I bought a couple sets here and there as being like, I'm going to buy these. I'll keep them in box a little bit longer. If they go up in value, I'll resell them. If not, not. That's like the, the, the most I can ever do. But at, doing a decision like I did before or like... Like I bought this set and I was like, oh, I'll just keep it. And if it goes up in value, I'll resell it. When I heard about the leak, I should have just built it. I mean, I'm building it now, but like, I shouldn't have even thought about it that way. Sorry to go on like a soapbox, but it's like, no, go for it. Rant. I'm not, I'm not shitting on, on Lego investing. I think it's great. I just don't think I am keeping it for you. It. Yeah. So you think yeah. you're going to get high off your own supply or you just be more irritated <laughs> about thinking. that type of thing? Yeah. Cause I would, I don't know how Jabbo does it. You know, because right. mm-hmm. he, he sells and he collects extensively. Yeah. So it's it's very hard to like separate it, I, I guess. I don't know. But I, I guess you have to create boundaries from the very beginning. But he does go into his own stuff and his own store and take stuff out too. You just got to be very meticulous about what you put in your store at that point. I feel like with Bricklink, like it'll be easier. It's, but like if you're a reseller, you have to hold sets. Set though, like full sets. I think that yeah, might be like... But I know yeah. Alex Nunez does the same thing. A lot of you people know, do it. A lot of a lot people of... do the same thing. Some even of my even Ryan's things. able to do it. Like, I mean, he just made like yeah. a ton of money <laughs> selling all it's those all about balance. and Lego. I don't know. Yeah, like I, I, I have a pretty decent amount still new in box, but that's only because I just haven't had a chance to build. Them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're busy. <laughs> Although I do get that question from time to time because it's like there's lots of sets that are built and could easily be reboxed, and then there's all these undone. It's like, how much do you have just sitting? I'm like, I have no idea. I'm not paying attention to that. Yeah, if you pay attention to it, it's too, like too stressful. It does, yeah, I, I don't want to deal with that stress. I got enough other stressors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then it yeah, was well, like when you take away, right? You don't want to like you don't want to take you don't want to add any kind of like stress from the Lego hobby if it's like you know your respite from. Mm-hmm. No matter what your job is, and I, I can only imagine, like how much it is for you, as yeah. like a, you know, like what how a deviation from the norm it, it needs to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't you don't know what flow is. Have you heard of flow before? Yeah, like flow, flow, like 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 when you get into flow space. Yeah, yeah, but that's like yeah. really important for work as well. Like it's it mm-hmm. like yeah, so like to be productive. I miss that. Like I actually miss that from work. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, no, let's. I don't know. You want to get into it? You talk about flow. Go ahead, yeah. educate us. <laughs> yeah, so no, just just saying that. So mental activity and and getting into flow. If you find that you can do it in a couple of different ways, and so for me, a lot of times, especially the creative side of it, like if I'm following instructions, I don't flow as often. Um, but when I start building something from scratch, I notice I'll get into flow. So then, in those moments when you really need it at work, or when you really need to enter flow uh, to be more productive, or you want to be able to, um, you become better at it, right? So it's the same as uh, most people think of kind of like your memory as a hard drive, which you can only store so much information on. And uh, I better not try to remember that because it's not really important. I don't want to forget something else. But it's not like a hard drive. It's more like a muscle. So the more you work it out, the more you learn, the more you practice memory games and study, um, the better your brain gets at remembering things. So it's the same thing with flow. The more you actually practice getting in and out of flow, um, the better you'll be able to turn it on when you want to. Uh, flow is this state of mind where time slows down and you can, you become kind of hyper-focused and become way, way, way better at whatever it is that you're trying to do. And most um, like fortune 500 companies have a department whose entire responsibility is to evaluate how, how often their employees get into flow. And studies have shown that the average employee at, at any company or whatever is five times more productive when they enter into flow. So that's why like people like shut down their email for certain amounts of time during the day they don't look at their outlook they don't you know what i mean they they don't um even like the slightest external distraction and then people can get into that state using different triggers like music like lego like um even tapping your finger a couple times like a certain way or like like for me like i i will close my eyes like and just for the, the right amount of time and like literally like like hit because i've been doing it for so long and that like because it was the only way that I was able to like do my job, leave at an hour where I could work out and like still move on professionally. Like if I didn't figure out how to do that, I would still be 
probably at, you know, like a much lower level than I ended up being. It's like, it is, I cannot recommend it enough. That and developing boundaries at work between work and home are like, I said, two of the most important things. Yeah. Yeah, There's a really good book about flow called the rise of Superman. And that's kind of where it breaks it down really well. I would say if you're interested in reading about flow, the rise of Superman would be the book to go for. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure that out right now with this new career path that I'm going through. (laughs) Because I definitely yeah. can't find any damn boundaries anywhere, but that's like just because I'm trying to get used to everything. So I definitely will probably bother you guys to help me with that. But I can help. I can. But, so, you, so what are you doing now? Because I know that there was that transition after oh, our yeah, episode. Yeah. On your episode, yeah, I pretty much saying out. <laughs> I pretty much said out, out that I'm done. done. <laughs> I was done. So um, I work for. Can't really disclose a lot on this platform. I just work for a uh, medical device company and I communicate with agencies across the, across the world. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> nice. Um, so it's a lot of office work. So I went from like walking 12, 13, 14 miles a day to just sitting down all day. So trying to like, my body has not adjusted to that at all. So it's, I'm, I'm getting, it's, it's been pretty rough trying to find time to work out and watch, yeah. watching my diet and all that type of stuff. So um, it's been, kind of a roller coaster and pretty much everything I'm doing right now. But you feel, you feel like restless while you're at work? Like you just, I gotta get no, move. I, I, I never felt less stressed out about my work than I have That's been right so now. Good. That's yeah, so I, good. I, I, the, the fact that I'm able to work from home, um, I see my kids and my family. It's like, and, and, and I had the for, I had the time to be able to chill with like my friends like this past week. I've never had in a very long time. So it, I, I, for me though, it's just like, since I'm working from home, when I'm not doing anything, I turn on that computer and I just start working, you know, just trying to get the day, the next day ahead of the day that I'm at right now. Um, like just being able to turn it off has been kind of difficult, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to figure that out, especially when the kids bother me. <laughs> like this, this podcast is a good, uh, good bring me back to reality about like, Hey, we have to do this right now. Like, Oh yeah, that's right. Let's do that. Uh, but aside from that, also this past week, um, the war is over. 20 years of uh, a continuous fight is done. There's a lot of, there's a lot of children on this Lego space that doesn't know anything outside of that. As far as their time on this planet, that is crazy. That perspective that was like set all over the place, like does not comprehend with people at least around our age. Cause we had at least some time before nine 11 and then this whole thing. Um, But as of yesterday, the war in Afghanistan is over. So does that mean all the new boot camp? Marines only wear a badge and don't have national defense anymore since the war and terror is over in 2013 and now Afghanistan's over. So I, there will be an official date. Like there's always like a very official message that cuts off the dates on it. Um, I, yeah, I have to assume that's going to be probably soon. Right. Oh, um, weird to see. All right. So if anyone knows what I'm talking about, who's not in the military. So there's a, a, a ribbon slash medal um, that people in the military get when they come out of boot camp, and that's when they serve during a t- enlist or serve during a time of war. And for the most part, everybody's been getting that same thing. Well, for the past twenty years, and then because we had Iraq war, we had ter- war and terror, Iraq and Afghanistan, and now these new Marines coming out of boot camp, or you know Navy or sailors, whatever, are going to come out blank, and it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, walking around. <laughs> yeah, like, so, like, that's how I was, right? So when I went in 2000, there was, there was nothing. Um, I remember I was, I was, I'd been in for three years at least. Uh, yeah, so I would have had to have been in for four years. I had my good conduct uh, ribbon on. We were wearing Charlie's to some football game to do, like, a flag ceremony in San Diego or something, right? And uh, I was still a Lance Corporal with four years in and my good conduct, and there were corporals there who didn't have theirs yet. And that's like the only thing you had at that point. You're like, how is this? How did I get to four years and not make corporal and you still did already? Just I was in a really tough to promote MLS. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, e- even towards the end of my, ten- on my tenure or my service like in 2012, like I was walking around with a heavy stack as a sergeant and I was looking at like, you know, a, a bunch of people that are, have, should be having more than what they should at their, at their rank and they were nothing. And I was just like, mm-hmm. and then as the years progressed, I kept seeing that, like finding Marines that don't deploy anymore or it is starting to become more of a thing. <laughs> cause I, cause I was, in, I was in during a time when everybody deployed 
like, hey, I'm here for like two months. Oh, I got to go. Or three months, I got to go. Went back. So like, it was just a common thing. And then burnout was a serious thing for, for a lot of the people that, that were in during our time. And that's, I can kind of see that now. But with that being said, the war is over. Um, anyone who's listening who's a veteran, thank you for your service. Uh, appreciate every single one of you for yeah. you know signing up during this period of time when you know there is a probability that you will be you know having to make that decision. So, um, and thank you again, Daniel, for continuously continuing to fulfill that service for I guess I don't know, you said twenty years already. So I don't know. <laughs> you should be retired, dude. <laughs> Get that pension. <laughs> yeah. I was so I actually have my retirement certificate right over there. Uh, I was approved to retire last year and then took a promotion to come here to run the schoolhouse to try to kind of change the way the Marine Corps looks at training and education for um, the technical communications MLSs because we still run it like it's a basic schoolhouse where you're just supposed to um, do something that's very simple. So I picture the schoolhouse was developed at a time when the communications capabilities of the military in the 1950s or something was like, take this reel of cable, run it from here to there, connect these two phones that run on batteries and just talk on them, right? You don't have to do anything with them. You just talk on them because it goes from here to there. Yeah. Or it's like the one HF radio set that everybody had. And that's it. Yeah, that was me. That was, that was my, that was my year. But even then those, there was probably four or five different radios there. They had lots of different capabilities. You were probably running frequency hopping. You, you were doing, these other things that are complicated, especially if we want them to actually understand what they're doing. Um, so yeah, trying to change the mindset. I decided I'd give it a shot and see if, see if I can do something in the last three years here. So well, it, it may end up being more. <laughs> What's that? At least you know you have a job when you get out. If I want one. <laughs> <laughs> if you want one. Yeah, now I can just spend all that, all that, spend all that on Lego. Um, so Lego did come out speaking of education lego did come out with uh let's see if i can put it in here there we go can everyone see that with this statement that they're going to be donating a ton of money towards uh children and children in afghanistan and in haiti i can't see i should have worn my glasses but this was released like like six days ago are you guys familiar somewhat with what's yeah. going on yeah. or what they're doing i, see, I, see I saw the announcement for haiti but i didn't see anything about afghanistan i didn't see the, the haiti one. i saw the afghanistan one <laughs> perfect okay we're gonna talk about the afghanistan one in a second but for those of you who are not paying attention we're not going to read through this whole thing you could definitely find it on the lego website or if you just type in like lego donates unicef afghanistan haiti you'll pop up on the uh, top top search level so here Lego's donating about where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Fifteen million, 15. almost sixteen million dollars towards yeah. vulnerable children in Haiti and Afghanistan, with partners including UNICEF, the UN uh, Refugee Agency, and uh, yeah, and education. I cannot wait. I've never heard of that. Um, so when I looked at the UNICEF website and their mission in Afghanistan. I see that a lot of it's going to go to things where they are totally needed right now. I know there's a drought going on in Afghanistan. There's, you know, problems with running water and, you know, that, that just needs to happen. So I see that money going in that direction if Lego's money will go that way. But the focus on women and children, I don't know if it will reach that way. Because we already know the stance of what Taliban thinks on education and women. So do you think that this money is going to go to waste going to Afghanistan. Haiti, I think it's going to work, but I don't know. Knowing like Daniel, you and I have certain Afghanistan. You've more than I have interacted with their people. You know who the enemy was and what they're capable of. Do you think that this is something that but the money will go to, to the means? So if, if it stays with UNICEF, um, and they are the ones in control of the projects and what it is that they do, then there's one of two things kind of can happen, right? So either it puts people from UNICEF who are working those projects potentially in danger. And as long as they're willing to understand that that's the reality of things, then they'd probably be fine. Um, if they don't control the money, but instead just hand it over to people who are going to work on projects that are local, it might not go where they want it to go. Uh, two things, and something I talked about today too, was like, you have to understand that the major cities of Kandahar and Kabul 
where like government structures kind of exist within Afghanistan. And you know the historical significance of the fact that there's two cities, one one's kind of southern and one's northern that are like the historical capitals of Canada of Afghanistan. So their their cities originally established by Alexander. That's how long ago they were put there. He had his like summer capital further north and then winter capital further south so it would be a little warmer. Mm-hmm. Um so those two are pretty decent metropolitan areas. Like they're pretty good sized towns. But outside of the like sphere of influence of that city where the governments are, it's very rural. Like most of the small towns manage their small surrounding areas and don't interact with like the central government in any really meaningful way. So it, I don't know. It's, it's kind of one of those things like, yes, that the, the government's positions uh, and by the government, I mean, Taliban who, you know, their positions on things aren't necessarily in line with, you know, most of what Western society would agree with. But they also, their sphere of influence only goes so far. Something to keep in mind. Oh, okay, so there is hope. Well, I mean, like... <laughs> at, the so, of, at the end of that. Or, I mean, like, I think, right, um, the the situation has obviously, like... Do we still want to keep this thing on the screen, by the way? Oh, no, we can take it down. My bad. So, obviously, like, the situation um, has, like, shifted dramatically there. But how do I say this, like, delicately? There's more than one, you know... Um, vehicle for change or there's there are people there that are still trying to like um you know move more western ideologies forward that you know aren't the u.s military or you know what i mean there are other organizations that are there and what i'm curious about is that like is it would you yeah would unicef be like handing that off to those organizations or would they be doing it themselves like what is their internal like infrastructure to do that do you know what i mean like how how does that get played out because i know that there are also like a lot of politics when it comes to unicef and i know that from like the building from like the built world you know like what is a historic site and things like that and just that process um because like unicef has their hands in like a lot of different aspects of you know um you could call them different humanitarian efforts you know and preservation efforts so my point is, sorry, I think it would be, I think it would behoove us to educate ourselves a little bit more as to like what the situation is there. Um, and like, cause I do know that there are like groups of um, nonprofits that are like very geared towards like uh, women's health and um, that work on a global level by like, you know, teaching women how to, um, how to have basic hygiene. So it leads to like better women's reproductive health and things like that. And I'm curious if like, maybe that would be part of it. You know what I mean? Cause that. I think uh, that is, I think that's part yeah. of the mission under UNICEF's uh, goal with Afghanistan is women's health. I think it says it right here. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, that's like, it's almost there's a the a gen there's a genocide of sorts that's happening with with that whole aspect like on a global level, um, and so I I would be curious if that was what I'm curious like also is like how are they identifying children and like helping children only like wouldn't helping like how do you how are you like we're gonna like Lego as a group it's like we're gonna we're gonna take this money and we're gonna like be like we want kids to benefit from this money but like. How do you how do you do that exactly? How do you do you create like organizations where like like in the US it would be like, oh, you create like an after school center where kids can go. It's like a little bit more straightforward, right? Or I mean, and it doesn't even work here all the time, right? And so and you or you're like, you know, I'm gonna create this this school, this like charter school that is gonna educate kids in like maybe a different way where other kids, you know, what kids don't there's like so many I, what are those vessels, what are those tools in I don't know enough about it. Is my my whole point is I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, to add to that, Lego also donated fifty. Uh, what is it? Chronos, Danish Chronos, to the Red Cross Denmark to help Afghanistan as well. So I know the Red Cross yeah, is also yeah. still there. That's like a, of an. That's more of like an an immediate level, right? Also, yeah. That's so that's like, one. Yeah. UNICEF is only like less than a quarter of what they donated to. Yeah, it is actually. So. A big conversation that happens here in the Bay Area as well is the responsibility that corporations have to benefit, um, you know, to give back to society and give back to the community, right? And there's different forms of doing that. And especially 
I mean, that's talked about everywhere, but in the Bay where there's these like global multi, like we have, you know, Apple, Facebook, these things, these companies that have so much money, they could literally change the world. And so a, a lot of people give them a lot of slack for, for, for not doing so or not doing it within their maximum capacity. You know what I mean? And so I don't necessarily agree with all the, the, the slack that they get given, but is it, is it the, is it, is it the responsibility of the corporation to like, is it Lego's responsibility to give this? Like, did they have to do this? Is it out of their goodwill? Are they doing it from a branding perspective? Because it doesn't, it's not particularly public knowledge. They put on their Instagram. Yeah. But like, are people going to go buy more Lego because of this? I don't know. Like, what do you guys think? I mean, Lego, like, like you just said, they didn't brand it. Oh, they didn't publicize it like, hey, look what I did. They just put a post up. And if you saw, you saw. And if you didn't, you didn't. Lego does do a lot of that. Um, they do promote some of it. But I, I feel like it's a little bit of all of that. Yeah. Like they, do it, they do it for the sake of what they believe in their core values. And then they also do it because it solidifies to the public of who they, what their mission is. Which is, you know, every child with a brick, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but it's also like they don't want to do like religious sets, right? So they, because, and if you think about it, like Denmark is very serious about the separation of church and state, like immensely so much more than we are in the US. And um, it works there because the size of the country and a multitude of reasons, right? Mm -hmm. And Denmark is considered to be one of the best places in the world to live for a bunch of different reasons. And education. Yeah, it's great. They do a lot of things right. We also do a lot of things right. You know, it's like there's a lot of, you know, you could you could critique everybody in a different way. But it, it makes sense for them to intentionally support more Western ideologies in an environment like Afghanistan. It seems like, okay, they, they pick an area of the world where that is like at most, you know, it's struggling Struggle. most yeah. from that. And you know what we deem as struggling, mm-hmm. and where people are suffering the most. I think it makes sense. I think it. I think it gives validity to their brand value, brand, like their their. Oh yeah, it, I mean, I think it would be bad if they didn't do it. They quite literally put their money where their mouth is. Mm-hmm. What also says on UNICEF, which I was going to bring up with that, is that mm-hmm. a lot of the money is also going to go to like all the displaced children that are everywhere but how, does that, how does that go to them like obviously like who, it's gonna who, go like oh so it says right here that they're gonna be you know placed in like kind of like housing facilities that will you know i guess like what housing, type building the housing facilities like i don't understand yeah, how this stuff works. It, lo- it looks like a bunch of kids running out in the tent right now that's what it looks like <laughs> but it does make sense i mean you look at what happened in kabul like this past two weeks and you saw a bunch of families rush the to the the city now a lot of those people are pretty much just stuck it's going to be hard for them to get back or figure out what to do at that point so you're gonna have a lot of, you're gonna have a lot of people either staying in the city or you have a lot of people homeless i guess i just like don't understand, understand how these things work without like the army corps of engineers like i just like who builds this stuff like who's going in there and just like you, well, like if it's I, army corps of engineers then it's our tax money <laughs> yeah but i know but like I, how does it like don't get it I they're, think they're not going to obviously do it themselves but right. if they put that money towards an organization that could go to refugee camps and build better facilities or something right. habitat for humanities is the first one that comes to mind right um i mean i'm sure there are others that uh, are outside the united states that yeah. could do something like that because there's a lot of refugees in um all of the surrounding countries pakistan and then a lot made it here too so and well apparently it's technically still not over right there's still a lot of people i mean last week so the i've been kind of missing these past couple days on people's streams and stuff like that just because i've been kind of dealing with the uh the end of the war i guess you would say and and it wasn't a good one um so a lot my unit was focusing a lot on trying to get our interpreter that served with us in afghanistan and his family out of kabul Mm -hmm. Uh, we were successful with our interpreter and his immediate family but not so much extended family like his brothers parents all that, all that kind of stuff so we're still trying to figure that part out but i don't think we're going to get anywhere with that it was kind of too late we weren't going to be able to figure it out in three days um so there are still a lot of people who still need to get over here and or try to escape so only time will tell what's going what's going to happen with that country going forward whether you believe we should be there or not it's really irrelevant at this point because it's in the past now it's just we we are going to have a country now that's now at peace technically 
like by definition, right? Because <laughs> I don't think we're ever really in a piece. Right. For me, though, um, I was struggling a lot. Just, you know, I, I was lost trying to figure out purpose. Like a lot of things that I'm dealing with mentally have to deal with uh, situations where I have no control over, where I feel like I have failed um, in the scenario that I've been placed. And, you know, I've been dealing with that with the proper ways that you can, whether it be group, uh, talking about it, medication, psychiatry, blah, 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 blah. And I had it all under control until this happened. And then the whole feeling came swarming back. But I wasn't also alone in this feeling. A lot of people were in the same boat who have served over there. So I was spending a lot of my time with uh, like experienced individuals. And um, my unit was very, very good. Uh, at least my, my, my last unit was very good at making sure everybody was still being checked on and all that kind of stuff. So that's one thing I do miss about the Marine Corps. And that's the one thing that you know Lego does help us with as veterans who have issues. But what I want to know, though, is that how, like, unlike, unlike me, where I am alone and have to deal with this kind of stuff, Daniel is currently serving and has a lot of Marines to look after. And do you, do you see this type of like, how, how is this resonating with a lot of the Marines that have served over there, if you know any that are still in? Um, so for a lot, there's, there's that, that question you kind of talked about. And it's kind of the same question for everybody is like, was that worth it? Like, it, it, did I do anything um, to see it flip back over so quickly? Ideally, what we're going to do is just talk through what each person's kind of feeling and what their thoughts are first on it. So that way we understand where we're at before we talk about how to go forward. It's always kind of an important thing. You can't really go anywhere unless you know where you are. We have to have some group conversations like, hey, look, everybody needs to understand this, like all together, all in one huge group that, you know, if you need help and you need to talk through it, you can come to any of us. Or uh, if you don't feel comfortable talking to any of us, you know, obviously you talk to the chaplain um, who's really, really good at this kind of stuff. Mostly, yeah, mostly people are just concerned with like, did, did it mean anything to go over there and put 13 months of my life into this small town and helping them understand how to like keep themselves safe? keep their neighborhood and their community protected. It's kind of sidebar. Like I, I trained motorcycle couriers for four months, right? So I was over there training with, with Afghans and trained Afghan army guys, how to ride motorcycles so that they could deliver messages. Right? Which sounds like a great job, by the way. Right. <laughs> when you think it's, about it. it. Super fun. Like definitely one of the best times while deployed. But so then to, to wonder, so to me, like I wonder, literally trained a couple hundred of those guys to, to ride motorcycles in order to help their commands communicate even in, in the event that they didn't have radio systems working. And then you see how fast everything dropped, you know, flipped back over. It's like, where were those guys I trained how to ride motorcycles? What were they doing? And you just wonder, like, was any of the time we spent teaching them and training them worth it? And that's where I kind of go back to in my head. And I've talked through a few, to quite a few about it where you have to keep in mind this complete separation of, the rural areas where most of us were training folks on how to how to deal with their own local area and how to really be responsible for their own smaller territories compared to the larger federal stuff. So while there might be a central government in place that and now part of, probably part of it, they, knowing the amount of control they're going to be able to exert if they say that they took over was probably part of their decision making process to say it's really not worth fighting back against it to let them have these two cities when we still would really technically as a community individually still control our own, our own destinies in our own areas. So yeah, uh, I have to consider that as part of what their decision-making process was too. No, I mean, I totally get that. It, for those of you that don't know, Afghanistan is very, a tribe. It's a tribal area. A lot of things done locally. Uh, they literally don't give a crap about what's going on across the nation. I mean, there's, there's a few and right now there's one holdout. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, I have confidence that they'll be able to hold <laughs> that last province. But it's good to know that the Marines that are currently in are still able to, like, you guys still look out for each other immediately for that type of stuff. And, and the communication about this has actually been astounding, like, pretty good. I mean, like, um, the commandant threw out something. I mean, I really don't care what he had to say, but the commandant threw something out there. But immediately right after the commandant, like, wrote that letter, it was just a constant phone call left, left, and right uh, from, from my buddies who are currently in, who are you know, knows that, that knew I deployed, even though they didn't, um, those that deployed with me just, you know, talking about all this kind of stuff. So that's pretty much where all my time went. It's been pretty healthy. I even had my first sergeant hit me up just like to check me. So it was, a uh, it was, a uh, it was good to be checked by a Marine again, yeah. um, just to get some reality back in my shoulders and to, to acknowledge that, you know, I did good. I, I didn't do anything bad. Um, 
because even though even though I tell myself all that, that all the time that I, I did bad, <laughs> um, it's I actually did some good. But my hearts really go out to you know the the, the three thousand troops that we sent six three thousand six is it six thousand marines and soldiers that lifted everybody out of Kabul. Oh, like the the in I don't know what the secondary flow it was. Those, to get. Those, those ones over there, I think, probably had one of the hardest jobs that all of us combined could have done. Um, cause like they were literally saying who lives and who dies. <laughs> and a lot of it was children. And I don't know if I, I'll be able to do, you know, that type of stuff. Did you see the photo that like people are saying will become like the next super iconic Marine Corps photo kind of thing? Have you seen that one? Which one? So it's, um, there's a, there's a lady like lifting her child up on the wall oh, yeah, and yeah. the Marine is reaching down, like pulling the kid up and yeah. over so that they can take them with them or whatever, like giving away their child to get them out of there. Yeah, yeah, that one's a pretty iconic. Well, there's a few one. I think that one's going to be it for sure. That, that makes yeah. sense. I feel bad for that chaplain who's consistently talking to all these soldiers and Marines who are losing it over there about, you know, because you think about it, you, you're a father or you're a mother, and then you have these children who have traveled hundreds and hundreds of miles to get to where you are, and they're it's hot, and they're literally like, they're just crying just to get on a, on a plane. Like that, and you're saying no because they don't have the proper paperwork it's like it's really really heartbreaking and I, I really really feel for those who were over there and did that job so i just wanted to put that out there um so if you any i know one i know one person that's over there you made it back but sorry this is a very downer episode <laughs> i mean yeah. I, I yeah, also like, told I you because you are uh you're, you're an officer and you're an older marine and you if i were to go down this way you would uh help me lift me out of it because yeah you have the capabilities of doing so <laughs> And the training and doing so but lego in itself has done a lot for me and has done a lot for a lot of veterans it's 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 a it's an activity it's a hobby that's pretty straightforward you put a brick on top of a brick the outcome of it is whatever it is but it's you know you 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 come here literally as claire says it to escape and it does do that every time i build and that's yeah. one thing why i leave a lot of my lego sets uh off of videos because i i, I need that you know, and why I immerse myself into this hobby because I I seriously seriously needed it. Therapeutic, um, yeah, very therapeutic. It, it, the closest thing to me is riding my motorcycle, but unfortunately nowadays with children and career paths, I don't get to do that every day anymore. So the Lego literally took over my life. <laughs> That's the reason why my wife accepts it. I do think that there are a lot of hobbies that could provide the same psychological like <laughs> relief, yeah. but the the barrier to entry with Lego is low. Very. And you don't need to learn a new skill. Mm -mm. You know, most people can like pick it up relatively quickly if you're able-bodied. And I think it's not like, you know, learning to paint or learning to draw. A lot of people like feel like they're not good at it or blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And then I, I just think that like sometimes being spoon fed information with instructions is, is great. And, and I can only imagine the, um, I can only imagine like the trauma and like, the quite literal, like PTSD, you know, how it's the therapeutic aspects of something like Lego could be to something like that. Yeah. So a big part of what I think of too, is that, um, not just the final build, right? So once you have done something and you feel that sense of accomplishment, even though it might be something small, like, Hey, I completed this thing. Yeah. There's a huge boost there, but every single piece right as you complete a small task is a little bit of dopamine right so it's just a little bit of a little bit of i feel better a little bit of i feel better a little bit of i feel better it eventually kind of overcomes the the negative uh chemicals and, and thoughts and things that go on to you and helps you get out of that funk even if it's not to the perfect place but it's somewhere better than you were maybe 15 minutes ago or an hour ago whatever it was um let's you then move yourself forward deters your focus you guys might not be able to like talk about it or whatever, but like how long do you think this current situation is going to play out? Like, is there any way to guess or just like, you know, everything in, you know, government. Yeah. Like governments change constantly, obviously, you know what I mean? And like um, things are constantly shifting and moving. And even over the last, you know, 20 years there, it's been changing like incredibly dramatically. Okay. Well, yeah, that's a, that's okay. So right now, half the population is under the age of 18 kids. They're young. A lot of their, a lot of the grown folk have passed. And the struggle with that right now is to be able to feed and, 
you know, provide for them. That's that's one of the why UNICEF is really focusing on that because who's going to take care of them if the adults run around? A lot of things in societies change when generations flip. So exactly. there is hope that something might happen over there. Um, and the Taliban's were taken over. The, the Taliban who took over Afghanistan were children when Daniel and I were there. A lot of them, the fighters. Yeah. So being led by obviously more experienced people goes without saying. So half of this is going to be they don't know no better, and the other part is the people who were under the influence of the West, like in Kabul and going to university, all that kind of stuff, who still remain there and know way better. So this is going to be a very interesting type of dynamic flip that they might see in the years coming, if that makes sense. The only problem is, is just the way the Taliban functions and the, and the way their society runs. Like, like I said, it's on the outskirts, it's all tribal and they don't give a crap what happens. In the right. Side. And it's like inherently volatile, obviously. Do you know what I mean? And so can, that's yeah. the thing. Is, yeah. Like I just like, even like it's, it's foundation is, is volatile. So well, there's still, there's still one province left. That's not under Taliban control that right. not even the Russians were able to conquer nor the Taliban. And that's mm-hmm. where the correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the remaining of our uh, of the Afghan commandos ended up going to, and then so with that, and uh, I forgot the dude's name. That's very vocal about uh, the Taliban. That's where he's pretty much held up. So there is hope as far as what type of hope and who provides it. Uh, that time will tell, and uh, what the international government's kind of waiting yeah. on. Um, with that being said, it, it is what it is. Do Do you find Marines like playing with Lego in your command? Or are you the only one, Daniel? Oh, um, no, there's a couple others, right? So, um, so for one, you've seen pictures of my office, right? No. No? Oh, okay. But I'll have to show you all a picture later. I have some, like, it's an L-shaped desk with an upper set of, like, cabinets. On top of that set of cabinets is all of the big, like, NASA-style spaceship stuff. Because I, um, I do a lot with space operations, too. I have the Lunar Lander, Saturn V and space shuttle and international space station all on display on top of the desk right um and then my main bookshelf like as soon as you come in is just is all smaller lego sets mostly star wars stuff um and then all of the star wars buildable figures are like up all over the place oh, so, so you're nobody walks in my office and doesn't know that i'm totally into lego <laughs> <laughs> totally geeking out lego yeah i love it from we see that dude so, so are others representing <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so that generally will start some conversations. And the last two units I've been at too, it's been enough of an influence for me bringing all my stuff in to have someone else who's interested be like, "Well, shit, I'm bring something on my desk too." So then, usually one or two will start bringing theirs in just to kind of show off on their desk. Um, there's there's one that I worked with in Okinawa who's now in like Monterey at school and still sends me like a notification every once in a while when he sees a new set come out that he knows the two of us are going to be like, Ooh, this is really nice. Like when the bonsai tree came out and we're both spent a lot of time in Japan, he's like, Oh my God, look at this thing. Have you seen this? I was like, hell yeah. Can't wait. And then, uh, space shuttle, when the space shuttle came out, he sent me that. Um, and then there's one other guy worked in that same office. He started bringing his stuff in. He had like the quickie Mart and he had the Simpsons house and stuff on his desk. I knew he was super big into all of the Marvel stuff. So he his whole goal was to collect like all of the Marvel sets. One of the ones he wanted was the, the helicarrier cause big and hard to get. Right. And I saw one for sale super cheap one time and, and sent it to him. So we still, I still use that to keep in touch with people too. That's crazy. See, that, that's that, awesome. That you like, thing. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like you're a Marine. So you're tied with that, but then you also have the Lego too. So yeah. Makes it easy. That's, that's funny to see. Like, I want to see that. Like, I want to see Marines geek out over Lego at work. <laughs> yeah, I'll see if I can. Um, Talking about Lego in the field when you're, you know, having showered in a couple of days, training. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I want to see that new see set that. coming out. Like, dude, man, I haven't like showered in, like three days, and MREs suck. Hey, though, but did you hear about that shuttle though? <laughs> uh-huh. Like, that's the kind of conversation I want to get into. <laughs> So like I've done not just talk about it I've taken stuff. Oh, you taking Lego sets to the field? Yeah. So do you know um, Doc Samson? Yeah. 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 So he sent me the the little like the ta- uh, the Ninjago Temple. Oh, the the Red Temple. 
Yeah, so he did this Red Temple Challenge thing for a while. Do you remember that? That was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So he sent it out, and everybody was supposed to try to build it as fast as they could. And, like, I had this idea for me and Addison to make this really fun video of her, like, trying it at first, and it taking her a long time, and then us having this stupid training montage, like, of her, like, getting faster at it and then beating everybody's times, right? Be like a stupid training montage, like with with the the her climbing stairs and everything at the same time. <laughs> but then I had this idea for one of the clips to be her practicing with it at all the places we went. We travel all the time when we were in Japan, so we would go to Korea, we'd go to Bali, we were in Hong Kong. Like, so let's get her building it at all of these places as well while we're traveling around. So then I was like, I started taking it with me to the field, and so I'm already used to now taking this small little set and just getting faster and faster doing it. So I just would always have it with me. So anywhere we went be in the field, that'd be a Guam setting up SATCOM stuff and waiting for someone to show up and be like, there we go. Oh, dang. So you, you <laughs> took part cool. in the first Red Temple Challenge? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. That's awesome. So instead of t- tearing down OEs or breaking down a M4 as fast as you can, <laughs> you're breaking red down temple. a build the red set. <laughs> <laughs> Why can I be under your command? I was calm. You just got to take a break, right? Set up the OE. And then come build the Lego. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> Prioritize. Yeah, Dude, that would, that would have been freaking funny if I were to bring a Lego set to the field. How dirty that would be. <laughs> yeah. Did you just wash it off with water? See? That easy. Wipe it down. A but it had to be something small. Have you ever seen anything bigger than that? I mean, no one else is bringing stuff, so no. Um, <laughs> it can fit in your pack. Yeah, I couldn't right? bring anything too big. It's just too, it takes too much space. So, like, I. It's, it's so crazy thinking back to like, I remember going to Thailand on like one of my first like calm exercises in 2006, 2006, right? I took like half of my sea bag was filled with books, like actual books, right? I took them with me so that I could read for the month that I was going to be there because I read all the time. But then by the second time I went, my wife had gotten me like a super old version of an e-reader, like pre-Kindle, like a, a, I had to hook it up to a phone jack it would dial up on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> on its own, download books. And so I could just take this one thing. And then now, like, you just, I have some audiobooks only or take a Kindle with me. You don't even have to worry about any of that stuff anymore. It's like, I could replace that amount of space and weight that I was taking with Lego. That's true. That's <laughs> Wait, so when did you get into Lego? Uh, so I was as a kid a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, most of us were probably. And I, so then I have, I have the, the 2013, um, dropship or the, um, what's it called? What's it? Yeah. The gunship. And, and that same year, uh, Millennium Falcon, the 2013, like Millennium Falcon. Okay. And so those were ones I bought with Logan though, when he was maybe 11 or 12. So for a year there or two, he was into Lego. So then I was kind of i was just building them with him right uh, but i think i was still so like busy with work and everything else yeah. that i didn't really realize how much fun i had or how much i enjoyed it so then i had like a second dark age when he got out of lego didn't really care anymore until addison started being into lego um and then it became something i was interested in so your children with that influence oh the innocence <laughs> twice yeah so i had two dark ages i was like oh man that sucks yeah but, but it's so, so like one. you're i think a lot of people at least for me like i was like quelling the the urge to get super into it. I was like, I'll do it with kids later. I'll do it with kids later. I'll do it with kids right. later. And I was like, I remember being like, if I have a kid tomorrow, literally tomorrow, it's going to take quite a few years for them to get old enough to do like proper big builds. You're going to so, buy them all a Duplo already. <laughs> like why? No, they don't get Duplo. Do you know how expensive Duplo is? <laughs> Didn't you buy you only need one set? You only need to get them one set. I have Duplo already. Yeah, well, there you Still go. But, but, but to be fair, though, when you buy Duplo, you don't need more than a bid. And that you call exactly. it a day. No, I know. I, still my, I have my original bin from when I was two. Are you going to give you your children the original expensive Duplo bin now because it's vintage? <laughs> vintage. <laughs> it's like Jabber trash. You would know? turn a fit. I'm just it's expensive plastic chew toys, anyways. It's just going to all go in the mouth. That's all that Oh, man. Like you know how much that do not buy uh, from do not buy vintage Duplo for your children. <laughs> I, I only got it for Ezra because he wanted it. It was I mean it was a twenty dollar set. No, I mean probably ten dollars set at the time, but I bought it for fifty bucks. 
Some of those Duplo figs. Yeah, I had two of those Duplo figs, but it also had elephant. So I think that's pretty much why. Oh, and the animals. Yeah, the animals. I mean, they're cool. The Duplo sets are dope. I mean, they're 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 really useful when you build large mocks. Like just as just as things to rise stuff. I mean they still are compatible with all the Lego bricks, so why not? Unless it's technic. That it blew my mind when I figured that out. What that is oh, compatible? Brick with yeah. Lego? Yeah, they're compatible. I was like, what? <laughs> I've still never done it myself. I've seen it in videos of people building huge mocks. I've still never put the two together for any moment. So I think Try I see people who take like one of the printed bricks, you know what I mean? That's like really cool, and then they'll build an entire mock around it out of like okay, normal. yeah, yeah, and it's really cool, like a signage or something like that. Mm-hmm. That would yeah, be yeah. a fun exercise or a fun contest to do. A lot of people do it. There's mm-hmm. the next that, mockumentary. That's their specialties are doing that. That I use <clears> on Instagram and stuff. Like Sam's actually has done it a couple times. Ooh, I did not know about it. Yeah. That's something new. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> We built some pretty good mods, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting on some good things to come in before I start my large one, so there he is. It's just right there. Oh, okay. Right. So with what's going on in the world, um, it's it's been a pretty, like I said, I'm, I'm going to start closing out. It has been a pretty rough one for at least some of us. I, I did walk around like feeling like, am I the only one feeling this? Like, why am I the only one down walking around this neighborhood? Or like mm-hmm. a mall or whatever, but I, I've come to I've come to finally like make peace with it. So I'm in a in a, in a better place than I was last week and the weeks before. Um, there's really nothing I can do. And you know what? At I'm, I'm gonna just put the uh, the arrogant marines in front of me right now, which is uh, pretty much it. When we were there, we pretty much kicked ass. When we left, like, whatever. <laughs> so. so uh, I'll, I'll just—I just wanted to put that out there. I'm like, we—we, we, I did, I did. My unit did the mission. We did very well with what we did, and everyone who followed did the same. And it was out, out, whatever happened was outside of our hands, and it wasn't a military debacle. We didn't do anything. It's not your fault. It's not us. So, um, yeah. I was talking about it with someone. I can't remember if I mentioned it in our podcast from Friday about Afghanistan too. Um, that. Do you remember Heartbreak Ridge? You watched the movie Heartbreak Ridge? You know Heartbreak yeah, yeah. Ridge? Yeah. yeah. So remember him, like Gunny Highway and the Sergeant Major are in the bar talking about what the current scorecard is for, for the Marine Corps. Do you remember them talking about that scene? Yeah, quite a while ago, but yes, I remember that. Yeah, so they're like Vietnam Marines, basically. They, the movie includes them going to Grenada. So it tells you the time frame. It's like in the early 80s. The idea was they talk about that the Marine Corps basically is 0-1 and 1 as far as like their scorecard. No wins, uh, one, one loss in, in uh, Vietnam, and then a tie in Korea, basically, right? Like, mm-hmm. we, didn't, we didn't win any other ones we've been fighting since World War II. You kind of put this one on your scorecard, too. It's like, what does this end up with? It's, 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 I, I- uh, to be fair, though, in any of those in any of those in any of those wars, though, is it the Marines really losing, or is it are you going off the country? So the the way they talk about it too is the Marine Corps always won all those battles, but then the nation kind of loses the war for us. There you go. You don't see us losing many battles. It's just uh, no. We lose when the army gives up. That's pretty much what happens. We lose when the army gives up. It happened. It happened in World War II. That's the only reason why we surrendered. Because <laughs> the army surrendered in Asia. Yeah. We were still fighting. And then they're like, oh, we give up. Like, oh, I guess we give up now. <laughs> when you were in, did you ever hear stories about Somalia from anybody? Like fighting in Moog? I don't have, I didn't have any Marines that fought in Somalia. There's this interesting story because I can't remember what year you said you came in. Did you have black boots? No. I was the first, I was one of the first with the Digimarines. Okay. Out of boot. So. So back then, Marines still had black boots, like when they fought in Somalia, but the army already had tan-colored, like desert boots. Whenever a Marine Corps unit would go out on patrol through Mogadishu or whatever, they wouldn't really get attacked, ever. Because the boat, like the, the, the Somalis would look and see and be like, oh, those are black boot soldiers trooping around. Like, don't mess with those guys. Those will jack you up. And as soon as someone comes out with the brown boots on, that's who they would attack. <laughs> they would attack the army all the time. <laughs> they knew they could actually get a decent fight, like do a good job fighting. They, they couldn't win us. Yeah, sorry guys. This is how Marines talk. We like to pretty much talk trash about everybody else. Um, <laughs> sorry, but to, but to prevent it from going further than that, because Dan and I can go into this rabbit hole for days, I'm gonna just kill it right here. Does anyone yeah, have move, any, move 
Yeah, does anyone have anything they want to bring up before we kill, kill the episode? Or roll that I mean, bit? salute to you guys and uh, all the Marines and all the military out there for doing what you guys do. Yeah, so, yeah. Thanks. I, That's all I want to say. It's, yeah, it's, I, I wish, you know, we could have been there for you, Shy, obviously, this week. But I'm glad that you have people in your lives, in your life to reach out to, you know, and that, that community still exists. You were you were you were there giving me giving me space was enough. <laughs> it's fine. I, I don't I don't well, like hey, to get bombarded. And I'm gonna tell Shy the opposite of what he just said is he needs to know he needs to call my ass next time too. Like <laughs> then we can talk about both things. You just need to decompress when we talk about Lego. You just wanna talk about shit you're going yeah. through that works too. But like that does don't forget to yeah. I know you've got your unit, but I got you back too. I appreciate that, brother. All right, with that being said, thank you all for listening in. You guys have a wonderful evening. We're rolling that music. Easy. Bye. Bye. Thanks, dude. Like, I, I was like, I had to. We had to talk about. Wait, talk um, about what? Like this? Or just, yeah, yeah. I just had, I, this is another, you know, one of those things I just need to say out loud. Hey.